What's up, Dodger Dogs? You're stepping into the dugout of the Dodger Dogs podcast. I'm Christian Cruz, your host. This podcast will dive into Dodger baseball news, game, and series recaps, stats, and much more from the fans' perspective. If you haven't done so already, subscribe to the podcast on Apple or Spotify. And for more news, follow the podcast on Twitter at the Dodger Dogs or Instagram at the Dodger Dogs Podcast. You can also email me at the Dodger Dogs Podcast at gmail.com. For those of you who want a little more info on the statistics used in baseball and a quick reference guide, listen to episode two, where I give a general breakdown of the common statistical categories used in baseball and what they mean. So let's just jump in on today's show. I'm going to talk about the Cactus League games, key news from Dodgers camp, and compare some stats that will level set the World Series Championship for the Dodgers in 2024. Uh, so notable games against uh, in the Cactus League games. Um, were Dodgers versus Rockies. Gavin Lux looking like a man on a mission in his last spring training game against the Rockies. He singled um, after walks from Freddie Freeman and Tails Crow Hernandez. Lux finished the day one for three, and his road from injury is looking positive, looking pretty good. Don't see anything that, that is of concern there. Minor leaguers kicked off a rally in the eighth inning, which was started by a single from Austin Gauthier. Two more singles from Taylor Young and Drew Evans loaded the bases, and Travis Schwagery who has had a great spring training to as of today, really, uh, hit a sack fight to put the Dodgers up 5-4. to four. Ryan Yarbrough actually came out uh, getting the start and pitching a one and a half, 1.2 uh, innings, a no-hit innings with three strikeouts. Looked solid in his debut. Uh, so that's a good one um, that I want to just kind of touch base on. The big takeaway is Gavin is looking really good. Swagger is looking solid. Ryan Yarbrough, who's expected to make a push for that fifth starting uh, spot, don't think he's going to get it, but if he keeps on doing what he's doing, he may just get the nod. Uh, the next game I wanted to touch base on is the Dodgers versus Rangers, the World Series champion Rangers. We're going to give respect there to them. There are another Cactus League game I wanted to touch on uh, was the Dodgers' first loss. This is what the, what the first loss was. So, But it's spring training, so really, who cares? But Max Muncy, who has been looking great, uh, got caught by a ball on his right hand, and while he stayed in the game, he later got x-rays um just to be cautious, to be honest, I think. But it looks to be more than no more than a contusion. But again, with x-rays, you never can tell when there's a lot of swelling. So we're hoping that that's just the extent of it. He seemed to be fine. So hopefully that's what it is. So moving on, Andy Paez. I don't know if any of you have really been following him very much this offseason. Last season, he was a guy that people were looking at to be a, a, a difference maker. Possibly even come into this, uh, into uh the big league club and do some some damage last year got some injuries but this year he's been on a fire the spring is making uh he's making a good defense defensive plays in the right field he followed up that up with a homer a triple and then scoring on an rbi and that was his last one so but he's been looking really really good i wouldn't expect that possibly in korea if they have enough room they might take him uh to get a good look in the majors to start off the season probably not i would hope they would do it uh it's it's, it's a good chance but we'll see how he does throughout the year. I think they're going to send him down uh, to the minors and see and let him get some more at bats. Uh, it makes more sense for him to be there than just starting one or two days throughout the throughout the week. Uh, so I think that's what's going to happen this go around. Uh, the next one is Shohei and Yama uh, made their debut. Uh, so Shohei and uh, uh, Shohei hitting second between Mookie and Freeman. Shohei in his Cactus League game of in his first Cactus League game of 2024 is voting very well. The first at bat was pretty quick and he struck out swinging. In his second at-bat, he got the barrel on the ball for a screaming hit, but it got a, a gobbled up by uh, by the team. Uh, it was got gobbled up, basically. So it was a 4-6-3 double play that he hit into. 
But he gave out uh, what the fans were looking for. Um, in his third at bat, he hit a two-run homer in the fifth inning. Um, so I would actually tell you, check out the San Francisco fans acting like this game was a World Series. Uh, I was like, just a bunch of clowns. I mean, it's a, it's hilarious to watch the clip. Go to uh, Twitter. I see it. I've seen it there a lot. Uh, I will add a link to the video. Uh, spoiler: Dodgers and Otani are rent free inside the Dodger inside the San Francisco uh, uh, fans' uh, head. Uh, Mookie was right though. Every at bat seems to be like the team's World Series. This is just spring training, and they're rooting like it's like the seventh game of the World Series. So it's just kind of funny. But I'll add a link to that. Uh, the San Francisco focus on your team and. and on our team, really, is just it's funny, but you know what? But by all means, the rev that's why it's a rivalry, right? Like, you want them to be uh hot about something, you want them to be focusing on something that does really doesn't impact them all that much, other than you know, we they want the Dodgers to lose. So, for all you bums in San Francisco, burnt orange, it's all right, continue to do what you got to do. It's going to be a great year. I'm hoping you all do good too, just to make it a, a better division race, but we'll see how it goes. In Yama's first game, uh, he, it, which was billed like a, like a top-tier game, uh, he struck out three batters over two scoreless innings against the defending World Series champs. Yamamoto opened by striking out all-star Marcus Simeon uh, on six pitches and got Wyatt Langford out into an inning-inning double play. Yamamoto started the second by striking out Nathaniel Lowe on three pitches and retiring Jonah Haim on a flyout to left. His fastball hit about the mid-90s. I want to say about 94, 95, or right around there. And Yamamoto ended his day by striking out uh, Leody Taveras on four uh, pitches. But you listen to the if but if you listen to the broadcast, actually something did pop up that I want to just kind of touch on a little bit. It seemed to be uh, he seemed to be tipping his pitches a little bit with that splitter. Um, so it's not nothing, not a big issue. I think it's just mostly he's getting out there, just going through his mechanics, figuring out like how the feel of the ball is going to be, how the gameplay is going to be. Uh, he might be tipping it. It seemed like he was a little bit. They're going to tighten that up before the season starts, so I'm not going to talk much about it. Uh, the next uh, section I want to kind of dove into or dive into is trades and news. So I'm going to take a quick little break, and I'm going to uh, jump into the trades and news for the Dodgers. All right, so I'm back. Uh, so we're going to dive into trades and news. The Los Angeles Dodgers on Monday, this past Monday, kind of old news, but I'm trying to do this podcast at least once a week. But Alfredo Emmanuel Margot, who we got from the Rays uh, with the, uh, Tyler Glasnow, uh, got got traded um so Daniel Margot just to like a little give you a little bit of background his slash line was uh 255 309 and 385 uh with 52 home runs 91 steals and 283 RBIs in MLB seasons solid not great not someone that you're going to be jumping over to tr uh, try and sign and keep uh they sent him to the Minnesota Twins and agreed to terms with the super utility man Kike Hernandez fan favorite love the guy he's a great clubhouse guy happy to have him his last line was really not that much different than what uh, Manuel Margot was offering. So at the end of this last year, if you all remember, he got traded from Boston. He had a really tough time of go there in Boston. So he was not doing very well. But his last line since he got with the Dodgers after the trade line this last year uh, was 262, 308, and 423 once he was traded from Boston. So pretty solid. Came on strong. Was actually one of the few guys in the postseason that made a difference. Uh, he signed uh, for a one-year, $4 million con uh, dollar contract, and his impact is, 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 is really in the clubhouse. I think what we're looking at right now is what he could bring, just not, uh, not just on the ball, ball field, but also in the clubhouse. Regardless, you also got to look in terms of like what he can do for the ball club. Manuel Margot was very kind of one, one, one position limited in that sense. 
But Kike could do a whole lot. He could be in the outfield. He could be in the infield. Hey, if you really needed him, he could catch. So I think that's a pretty good trade. Um, the other piece that a lot of people haven't talked about, I think it's a big deal, especially if you want to maintain a long-term uh, winning product, is the trade included cash uh, for my goal. And Allie also received a top prospect in Noah Miller. He's the 2021-36th overall uh, pick. He is, uh, he is who is currently slashing, um, I, well, he is currently slashing 223, 309, 340 in high A and is considered a well above average defensive shortstop. So not great on at the plate, but you know, that, that could be fixed. Uh, I, you'll, I would expect for him to start hitting a little bit better, maybe in the mid 220, 240s, 250s, right around there and just kind of elevate his game. But when you're talking about defense, I mean, that's a major need, especially when you have someone Gamma Lux who could go down um, in the future, maybe move on because he's just that good and, you know, the Dodgers don't want to pay the salary there. Uh, so he's going to be a future guy to look at. So I think that's huge, especially when you're talking about trades. Say we're in the thick of it. We need one more big-time get in that trade deadline to win the series, to put us two in the position to win a series now and maybe into the next year or two. Maybe you give him up. And so what you're doing is you you're have assets now with this guy. Uh, his... his um, this helps just replenish the farm system, really what it comes down to. You don't ever want to look just to this year and not try to replenish for the future. So I think that's what they did. This made a whole lot of sense for us. Walker Buehler has been throwing bullpen sessions over the first few weeks. Um, you know, this is what Dave Roberts kind of said. He's still working through some things in his delivery, but he'll get there. Roberts said the most important thing is that the teeth of the baseball is good and the life of the baseball coming out is good as well. Walker is a guy that has really good feel for the body body awareness where his hand is supposed uh, to be he's just not repeating it and getting uh the feeling that uh the feels that he, that he feels like he needs to have so that's what dave roberts said what does that really mean honestly i think it just seems that walker is just doesn't have the consistency in the pitches and locating the ball where he wants it to be really what it comes down to probably why he hasn't thrown light bp i think he might have thrown light bp yesterday but he's been very uh He's just been throwing at this point. He hasn't really thrown light BP. If he has thrown light BP, it's one is the first time he's done it. Uh, I also see like there's some velocity issues there. Last I I saw, his his fastball is really hitting about 92 miles an hour, which isn't like super bad, but it's not where you need it to be, especially for a starting pitcher when you want to be able to rely on some fast pitches, some fastballs to kind of set up some of your other pitches as well. Um, especially when you're talking about some of these. Uh, Big time hitters, then they could sit on that and just, you know, start raking uh, those balls. Uh, time will tell with him. I'm not really super concerned at this point. What I will be concerned of is if he really doesn't start throwing more bull live bullpen sessions towards the end of spring training, if there isn't a whole lot of uh, uh, coming out in terms of like he's ready to go, he's looking solid, his pitches are being located properly. And that's when I start to worry a little bit. But again, we have time with him. We have a really good rotation at this time. Looking, looking for him to come back around May or so. So we'll leave it there. Dodger injury key update. So Dodgers placed Gonsolin on the 60-day injured list on February the 9th. He's still going to be there. Seems like he's going to join the team again this sometime this year, maybe midseason. Probably looking towards the end of um or closer to the trade deadline. I think this is when we're looking to see Gonsolin come back. He was an all-star. He was a solid rotation guy. Uh, top tier ace for us two years ago. Love to get him back. But again, we just got to see where he's at physically. Uh, there is no pressure to get him back. We have a pretty good rotation set now. 
So if we get them back, that's just going to be even better for us. Um, They're going to have to make some tough decisions. If all these guys come back, if uh, Yamamoto does well, Glasnow does well, uh, Glasnow comes back into it, Bueller comes back into it, we're really going to start making some decisions, but that's a good problem to have. Dustin May also uh, spoke to some reporters this last week. No firm timetable for May's return, really, but a second major elbow surgery leaves us doubting a return in 2024. Um, I, I think for, for him, probably don't bring it back in 2024. If there's really significant concern there, keep him out another year. It's not a necessity this year. Rather have him back full 100% than bring him back at 95, 98% and just, you know, cause more issues. He did say that he he's expects to be a um, starting pitcher. I don't think he, he, I think he meant it in the way that uh, he's just giving the Dodgers a sense that he doesn't want to go into the bullpen this year. He wants to be a starter. He'd rather be a starter, and that's where he wants to uh, make his money at. That's totally fine. He's able to do that. At the end of the day, is if he's able to come at it back in the bullpen and get some work this year, great. But it's not a necessity. It'd be, it'd be nice to have that arm there. But from what I'm seeing in terms of the bullpen arms, Shrine is looking solid again. He's back. So no need to rush him if, if, not, if not necessary at this point. All right, I'm going to leave that there. Uh, I'm going to jump into my next segment. It's going to be really a World Series championship run, kind of a breakdown of the Dodgers this last year, what they need to do this year, and kind of a compare and contrast what the Rangers looked like last year versus the Dodgers and how that kind of plays into what they're going to need to do this year. So stick around. See, uh, see you in a minute. All right, we're back. Let's just jumping right into the World Series championship run. I um, want to just kind of look at what the Dodgers did versus what the Rangers did last year. The Rangers obviously the World Series champions, so it got me thinking, like, what do they do differently throughout the year and in the playoffs that made them, you know, get to that point where they 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 got the championship? So the, I'm going to go ahead and, and look at the Dodgers hitting versus Rangers hitting for the year in 2023. So the Dodgers hit 253 versus what the Rangers did, which is 257. Not not a whole lot of difference there. They're pretty much uh, hitting about the same. Uh, the difference that I really saw was how many um, hits they actually got versus each other. The Rangers had a little bit more in the sense of they they got 1,470 hits versus the Dodgers 1,422 hits. So again, it's kind of within the margin of error, pretty much the same. The runs though were a little different. Um, the Dodgers got 906 runs in the year of 2023. Uh, the Rangers got 881 runs. So the Dodgers were producing more runs. The I think the key there was people on base. That's really where you got to look at. Um, when it comes down to that. The on-base percentages uh, for both teams were pretty much the same. Dodgers were 340, Rangers 337. Slugging percentage, almost the same. 455 versus the Rangers, 452. On play on um, OPS, or uh, the on-base plus slugging, slugging is for the Dodgers, 795. And oh, and for the Rangers, 790. So, to be honest, they look like, um, if you put them together and you, you cover who they were, it's almost the same team there. The fielding percentages were pretty much identical, 987 to 990. So there was not a whole lot of difference. Let's go into the pitching. The pitching, kind of the same story there as well. The, the World Series champs throughout the year were at 442. The Dodgers were 431. The Dodgers ERA uh, for the year was 406, and the Rangers were 428. Um, how many hits did they allow? Uh, the Dodgers you know, actually had minimal uh, hits. Uh, well, in terms of you know, compared to the Rangers. So they allowed uh, 1,284 hits versus the Rangers 1,330 hits. So kind of a bigger difference there. 
how many runs allowed. The Dodgers only allowed 699 runs versus the 760 runs for the Rangers. How many errors? The errors were, again, uh, towards the Dodgers, 652 versus 683. Home runs. The Dodgers had just a few more home runs than the Rangers. And that makes a whole lot of sense when the Rangers had a little bit more depth in terms of what they're hitting um, and some of the bigger stars were hitting. But, I mean, really not a huge difference. So, it wasn't that the Dodgers weren't good enough to win the World Series this last year. I mean, it goes to show you that the eventual champions were pretty much on par with what the Dodgers were doing. The uh, difference is the Dodgers did win uh, uh, many more games than they did. But again, the divisions were a little bit different in the sense that the Rangers were in a little tougher division, whereas the Dodgers really ran away with the division on there. And so that's kind of the bigger piece there, I guess you could say. Um, but it all came down to the individuals. I mean, I've been saying it for, for a long time. In the clubhouse, you have your stars. Your stars are expected to do what they're going to do. They're going to they're gonna start, right? The role players also need to do what they need to do. At the very least, on average, just go out there and do what you've been doing all year. The stars for the Dodgers and the stars for the um, and the role players for the Dodgers just didn't do it. Bottom line. Um, so I'm gonna just jump into um, what what the next steps I was looking at here in terms of the, the Dodgers. Dodgers did nothing, right? The time off is, you know, th this is kind of the what cracked my bat. It's gonna be a shorter what cracked my bat. But you know what really cracked my bat is people are talking about the time off is having an issue. The Dodgers shouldn't have that time off. Another team that are coming in shouldn't have that time off. Okay, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. Some of the teams may be adversely affected. But then you still got a ball. And you still got to go out there and play the game. That's not an excuse for me. To me, it's like, okay, you get some time off. Use it to your advantage. They didn't seem to use it to their advantage. It seemed like they used it as a week off rather than a week on. So bottom line is um, the Dodgers just need to go out there and ball. Uh, but hey, you know what? Let's say we do need to fix that. Okay, so let's fix it. The issue is, let's go back to a wild one car, a one, one game playoff wild card instead of the three games. One game winner take off for the wild card, and then they they fly to play the division champion with one day off in between the wild card. So the uh, for the division series. So that's never gonna happen. That basically says that you're only gonna get about three days uh, from the end of the season to the start of the division series. Um, but I, I like that. I'd rather get, I think you should ding the teams that barely squeaked in and just say, you have to do one game, uh, you know, winner takes all, and then you go to the division leader. That's where I think that where it could be fixed for me. That makes a lot more sense. Why go into a full series and just go, you know, three game series and then have the other teams just kind of wait around. Not a whole lot of sense for, at least not for me. But at the end of the day, they're not going to change it. MLB is not going to go back and say, we're going to go on and back to one game. They're making money. That's the whole point of this, right? They have an extra two games per series uh, for the wild card. They're making money. Ticket sales, all that stuff. The teams are making money. That's never going to happen. So at the end of the bottom line is teams you need to ball. Even the good teams need to ball. So if you're out there in the division killing it, you sold up the division early, then you need to find ways to, you know, figure it out. I mean, you just got to, you got to adapt at that point. But okay, that, we'll leave it at that. That's that's what really cracks my bat. Let's look at the eventual series champs versus the Dodgers in the playoffs. Uh, I talked a little bit about the Dodgers, but the bottom line is JD had two uh, was hitting 200. Kike was hitting 375. No runs. Pretty solid, right? But he had no runs. He didn't bring anybody in. The best player in the, in the playoffs for the Dodgers was Will Smith. Hit 417, five hits and one run. Uh, that's really what it was. The rest of it, there was nothing there. Freddie Freeman hit 100. I mean, you're talking about Max Munson hitting 182. James Altman 
zero. So I the bottom line is like that that's really what it came down to. Uh, those role players, um, a lot of the role players didn't do anything. The stars did just as as much, which is nothing, hitting one seventy seven. I mean, when when you're looking at bats, runs, and hits, the Dodgers had ninety six at bats, six runs, and seventeen hits. Now let's look at the Rangers. Okay, the Rangers, on the other hand, had eight other nine players hitting about two hundred. Three were hitting above three hundred, and two were above four hundred. That's a solid all the way across the board. The bottom line is, from top to bottom, the team was just doing well. At least five of those players were were hitting great. The others, you know, okay, 200 is not the best, but they're hitting. They're out there. They're hitting. So they elevated what they were doing throughout the year from a 257 to a 283 uh, average. That's still what the Dodgers were kind of in the ballpark in. If the Dodgers did the, did the minimal in terms of what they did all year, they would have been in, in the World Series. They would have been able to make a run and possibly win the series. I want to look at the at-bats, runs, and hits. The difference is they had 106 at-bats versus the Dodgers' 96. They had 21 uh, runs, okay? 21 runs. Of those, uh, of those uh, they had 30 hits. What that basically breaks it down to you is people were getting on base, and when they got on base, they were bringing them in. That's really what it comes down to. They weren't doing anything more than just doing what they were supposed to. The bottom line is that the Dodgers have batted the yearly average of 257. They make a similar run. Even versus Arizona, their average across the board puts them in a position to win the NLDS, period. You can argue the, the that they weathered the storm in game one. The Dodgers got blown out 11 to 2 and the, and they padded and that actually padded the Arizona stats. So the stats looked a lot better just because of that one game. But in the next two games, in games two and three, both of which the Dodgers lost by only two, they could win the series if they just do the bare minimum throughout the year. So I, you got to give it to the Arizona uh, Diamondbacks. They did what they needed to do, they elevated their game, but they didn't elevate it so much that the Dodgers couldn't beat them even if they did what they normally would have done. The moment, I think the Dodgers capture the momentum and at least make it a, make it a good run for the World Series. I know what you're going to say, but Cruz, the pitching was terrible. Yes. Yes, you're right. But the Dodgers still stayed in the games after some adjustments. In games two and three, our pen was much, much better. And the Dodger overall ERA was 4.05 versus Arizona's 4.47. Even with all that, even within the rotation itself, we still only lost the two last games by two runs. We were in it. If the Dodgers just would have hit again, we would have been in it. We would have gone to the next to the championship series, maybe capture some momentum, let our stars catch up a little bit, and then we go from there. Now we know what we have with our our rotation. We know who to put in versus not who, versus who not to put in. We make a go at it. I'm not saying they would have won the World Series last year, but I am saying had they just done, I think what they were supposed to do, we would have made at at the very least a showing in the World Series. If every guy in the clubhouse does what they expected, that would have made a difference. So. The whole point is I'm comparing what the World Series 2023 champion did versus what the Dodgers did. And you can really argue there isn't much of a difference other than in the playoff, they elevated their game. They just elevated their game. Their stars were there when they needed them to be there. And their role players did what they had to do at their at-bats. And that's the bottom line. They weren't any better than the Dodgers, but they produced better when it counted the most. Um, so I'm going to leave it there. I think it's if you really want to look at the stats, I go and check out the stats. I'm going to leave a link for the reference guide that I used. Um, so you could dive into the numbers. But the bottom line is, last year, the Dodgers were a World Series caliber team. This year, they're that much better, light years better than when they were last year. So I think for us, it is World Series or bust. 
That's not pressure. That's just expectation. When you're in LA, the expectation is to win championships, just like the Lakers, just like the Dodgers beforehand. Winning championships is what we do here in LA, and that's what they got to do. Every guy in the clubhouse does what they need to do. We're going to be just fine. We're going to have um, people coming in and out. There's going to be some issues. We're probably going to lose a guy here, lose a guy there. But that doesn't mean we can't plug in people. As long as, you know, Shohei stays all right, Yama does what he's supposed to do, our, you know, Freeman, Mookie, these guys do what they need to do and do what they've been doing, we're going to be fine. We're going to see something spectacular this year. But at the end of the day, they got a ball. Get through the year. They're going to be in the playoffs. Barring any catastrophic things going down the lineup, they're going to be in the playoffs. That's where their focus needs to be. That's where Dave Roberts really needs to start shifting his focus. Manage your games. That's fine. Go out there and do what you got to do throughout the year. But start thinking about those playoffs right now. How you're going to manage those games. Who you need Who you need to plug in and start taking tabs on the people that should be called up. When they need to be called up at the right time. And keep those arms as fresh as possible. That's where it comes down to. Make Mookie take some time off. Make Freeman take time off. Make Shohei take time off. You know, if we're going to run away with the division, why not? Give them the time off. Same with the division by five or six games. Give them time off. It's not going to hurt us in the end of the day. But hey, if we're in a division race where we're within one or two games, okay, I could see that. They need to be in the lineup. But from here on out, I think they got to protect some of their workhorses, get them healthy, get them fresh into the playoffs. And then when playoffs come, if they are in uh, the division uh, you know, leader, they won the division, they have home field advantage, they have that week off, you really need to put it on them to use that week as a, as a tune-up week. Really get from where you were and elevate and get into the postseason with some momentum. Whatever you need to do, everybody's got to be on board. Okay, so thanks again. That's it for today's show. Um, I'm gonna uh, in the in the show notes. You're gonna find the resources I use today. I've got some useful links for um, such as various article uh, links, stat reference guide, Dodger schedules, and TV broadcasts. I'm gonna include the Twitter link as well uh, for that uh, San Francisco fans. Uh, but yeah, you know what? You gotta love them. That's why you gotta love baseball. I'm not gonna knock them for it. They hate it. They hate the Dodgers. But you know, it's all good. It's a great rivalry. I love to see it. I uh, still think fans. The San Francisco fans are going to have uh, something to root for this year. I, I think they're going to win. They may not win the division, but I think they're going to be um, in the wild card. So I expect them to make another move. They said they didn't, but they're going to make another move. I fully expect uh, Snell to be uh, signed with the with the San Francisco Giants. So I really hope that rivalry gets uh, 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 some fresh air in it and, and we get into it this year. But anyway, don't forget to follow the show on your social media platforms. Tell your friends and family about the show. Uh, thanks for joining me on the Dodgers Dogs podcast. And don't forget, it is truly blue heaven on earth when you live, eat, and breathe Dodgers baseball. Let's go Dodgers!